Welcome to Power Talk Podcast, where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Well, welcome to the Power Talk Podcast with Pastor Paul Chicato and Reverend Matthew DeLeon. How are you doing out there, our audience? Hope you guys are doing really good. The weather has changed significantly. Yeah, it's been a pretty dramatic change, hasn't it? I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. I got no complaints. No, me either. With the exception of, again, the smoke. I mean, the bad air quality. Yeah. I mean, people are getting sick, Pastor. Yeah, no, there, there's so many fires going on in California. And being that we live in Bakersfield, uh, for those of you who don't live in maybe this area that may be listening, uh, Bakersfield is literally in the middle yeah of a section of really three kind of mountain ranges. We have what we call the grapevine to the south of us. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Tapahatchapi side to the east. And then to the west, we have the Lost Hills area or whatever oh, yeah. they call that area. Yeah. That, that's between us and the coastal, the coast area. Right. And so we get a lot of the weather trapped here. And uh, that basically puts Bakersfield usually in the top three worst air quality in the world. Wow. And so when we have fires, where does it kind of filtrate to? It doesn't even matter if it's up Northern California. It'll ultimately filter right down to here. Now, we had a dust storm two days ago. Yes. And the air quality, now the normal air quality number is at 50. Yes. We were at 500. 500. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean. You you shouldn't even be breathing. No, we wasn't. It was so bad that we had to close our windows because we weren't paying much of attention to it other than it felt nice, the breeze. Right. But it was literally dirt inside of our house. Yes. It had blown so much dirt because the dirt was so thick and heavy yeah. in the air. I went to go pick up Lizzie from school, my daughter, which is my youngest daughter. And I was talking, I can taste grain of dirt in my mouth. Yeah, that's exactly. How, that's how bad it was. Yeah, I was having to, I had to wear my sunglasses and cover my face yeah. because the dirt was getting into my eyes. You know what it reminded me of? Interstellar. That movie with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was a big old dust storm. Big old dust storm, yeah. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So in any case, I mean, it was, it's was. it been bad. It's been bad. But today, and I think yesterday, was beautiful. Air quality is back to normal. So we're good. Yeah, and, and it really is significant for the spiritual climate. You know, whenever we see these kind of things, you know, here we are. We uh, Usually when we have bad weather here in the valley anyway, a nice breeze usually blows out the worst uh, air quality which so we love it when it's windy yeah. but this wind that came up wasn't just a nice little gentle breeze it was so breezy and so heavy the wind it was probably gust of up to 30 miles an hour yes a plus 30 to maybe 40 miles an you hour were saying 42 wow so you're talking 40 miles an hour that picks up dirt even so now we go from one climatic with the fire and weather smoke. change with the fire, you know, because of the fires and the, the terrible air quality that yeah. created yeah. to blowing out the smoke to another kind. And we see that spiritually, you can usually tell spiritually that the what the climate is in a place based off of what's going on in the actual climate yeah. of the air. And so our air quality being that it's being burnt, yeah. smoky, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it, it really shows a significant significantly what's going on in our climate of our sin our spirit you know but what's going on with sin Mm -hmm. and california right now is if you listen to everybody talk about any of the states california is at the top of the list of all the craziness Mm -hmm. as far as the the laws that are being passed 
people yeah. that are leaving. We're talking just in the last 10 to 15 years, over 2.7 million, mm-hmm. two, almost 3 million people have left the state of California wow. with like 70% of them heading to Texas mm-hmm. because they want more of a conservative values yeah. that yeah. they can't get in California. Yeah. Uh, we have so many mandates. LA is now under a new restriction. Uh, and if you don't get a vaccine, many people aren't able to work now in the L.A. area. Yeah. Uh, that's going to transpire. And it's going to actually uh, it's going to literally affect all of California at some point because L.A., whatever goes on in L.A. kind of leads the way. You're right, because you can't do business with anybody who's not vaccinated. That's right. pastor. That's a huge deal on any business level. It's at any business level because it means now people out of work which means now people aren't paying for product when they do go out because they don't have money. So it, it's creating a really ugly cycle mm-hmm. of, of you know, capitalism, especially. It, it really where, is. Where you give money to get money and yeah. get money to give money. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because you're forcing the person who doesn't believe in this vaccination or doesn't believe in being forced or being bullied uh-huh. to, to do this because they can't eat. They can't work. They can't survive. Yeah, and and even those that do get the vaccine, it doesn't really help them or benefit them if their business is going to be closed down because they're not able to bring in enough finances uh, uh, financially to support that job that they may be in. So people are going to lose their jobs even if they get uh, vaccinated because companies aren't going to be able to support the amount of workers, so they might have to do cutbacks. Exactly. We're seeing more walkouts. Yes. than ever before, uh-huh. not just in New York and California, who people don't believe in this vaccination. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're going to see it affect the economy. It's going to bury the economy. And unfortunately, our politicians aren't really, aren't really well versed on how when you do one thing, it affects another. Yeah. They don't really get that. No, and you're right. We're seeing more division mm-hmm. than ever before. Yep. And if you don't believe one way, I mean, you're being decimated for your beliefs, especially yeah. if you're if you're conservative. Yeah, it's it's un, not uncommon to be persecuted for something that you believe in, and if you stand up for it, you're 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 almost it's almost becomes sacrilegious, and almost uh, you know to the point that it's religious to some people. Exactly, and it, it kind of brings us to our topic of the day. Yeah, and we're talking about being desensitized. Yeah, being desensitized, and the definition of that pastor is having being made less sensitive to make emotionally insensitive. Uh-huh. And the, I want to direct this to specifically over the church. Yeah, let's go ahead and start. I mean, judgment will always start at the house of God. First. Always starts in the house of God. So let's talk about being desensitized in the house of God first. Yeah. Um, before we get to the chapter, I want to ask you, Pastor. You you've you've been pastoring for now almost twenty years now. Yes. Uh, and uh, you were the youth pastor for 10, yeah. almost 10. Almost 10, So yeah. 30 years of ministry you're approaching. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> oh, gosh. It, I, it, it makes me feel old when you say that. <laughs> that's what it feels and, like. And that's not my intention. <laughs> no, but. I know. I'm, I'm messing. But uh, what, I, what, I, what I do feel is, is that being that I'm a person, I'm a little bit more passionate than probably most ministers yeah. in the sense that I really believe in living righteous. Yeah. Uh, not saying that I'm perfect at that. I don't mean it like that. But I mean that when I look at the world and what they consider righteous and what my Bible says, I believe what the Bible says. And so I have a deep conviction. I know a lot of people that I talk to that are Christians. They don't have as deep a conviction as I do. To live righteously? Yeah, to live righteously and to do what's right in the eyes of God. Uh, you know, to be bold and upfront about things, to be honest. 
like I said, I don't mean it does it gives you a right to 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 be rude or use bad behavior just because you believe in being honest. But um, my point is, is that a lot of people that I know, there's not a deep conviction yeah. to to really weigh out like decisions that they'll make. For instance, you know, why is it that it doesn't bother a person to maybe use a four letter word? You know, again, I know it yeah. seems like we bring up a dead beating horse all the time, beat a dead horse all the time. Right. But my point is just to make a point. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think, man, that bothers me. If it ever came out of my mouth, it, I would just crumble to pieces and cry yeah. Yeah. because it just would bother me to know that that kind of stuff is in my heart. Right. Knowing what the scripture says about that. Mm -hmm. One, that no filthy communication should ever come from my uh, mouth. Mm -hmm. But number two, it says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. Just the thought that that would be in my heart. Mm -hmm. But I know people that aren't convicted about that. Mm. In fact, they even make excuses that it's okay in some way. Yeah. I just don't get that. Right. If the Bible's pretty plain about it, then why don't you work on it anyway? Mm -hmm. At least work on it. Exactly. If it really is a struggle, then how come it doesn't bother you not to work on it? See, right. so after 30 years, I realized that I live around a, in a world that people are desensitized to right and wrong. And they don't even want to go check in the Word of God yeah. to find out if the way the ch decisions that they're choosing yeah. are healthy or yeah. unhealthy. Let me ask you. Let's go back thirty years ago. Yeah. The problems that we're facing today versus the problems we're facing thirty years ago, mm -hmm. in regards to being desensitized. Yeah. What do you see? I mean, what did you what did you see thirty years ago, and what mm -hmm. aren't you seeing today? Well, it's interesting because 30 years ago, what really used to irritate, what used to really bother the church, not not just me, but yeah. the church, yeah. was that we saw people kind of being, uh, kind of, uh, how can I say it? Uh, they they kind of, they they were kind of uh, fence walkers, so to speak. A little, what we would have called like they're they're kind of getting close to that lukewarm state, right. and you know, and we would talk a lot about that. But there were still a lot of people that believed and thought that what they were seeing. Well, there's these lukewarm individuals that, yeah. you know, they're not really all in, but they're not really all out either. They're right. faithful to church, but they're not really faithful uh, at faithfully applying the principles that they were learning from church. Mm -hmm. And so you would get a lot of messages preached about that. Yeah. Well, today we don't talk about lukewarmness. Yeah. Now we talk about how we can kind of live in that lukewarm style, yeah. lifestyle. And if anybody says anything against it, you're the one that's the re religious nut. Right. You're just being religious. Right. Now it's it's no longer directed towards the lukewarm people that are in church. Mm -hmm. Now it's the lukewarm people that think it's okay directing it at the ministers. Mm -hmm. Like we're the ones that were lunatics. Mm -hmm. As if we're overdoing it. So we see the change that the ministers could preach against lukewarmness. Yeah. Now we see lukewarmness preaching against the preachers. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. It's reverse. Now people have no problem talking about ministers that are choose, saying, hey, it's wrong to do this or it's wrong. No, we didn't used to talk about that. We used to feel guilty about that. Now we don't. I think it's interesting. Now you have the people, the community, if you will, telling the pastors... What to preach? Mm -hmm. Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, they were accepting what the pastor was preaching. They yes. knew it was from God. They knew it was from God, even if they, even if it burnt their heart to know that they were doing wrong. And so now we're seeing a thirty-year elapse. Yes, and we're seeing pastors being desensitized. Churches overall, churches pastors, overall, being churches. This is what I said. Churches overall. Again, uh -huh. the definition is to make emotional insensitive. Yes. 
we're not talking to our emotions. We're talking to the word of God. Yeah. What his, the plan of God. We're seeing people talk about demon, uh, was it uh, deliverances, a mm. whole lot less. Oh, very much so. You don't hear about spiritual spiritual warfare. It doesn't even, isn't even begin what, to be what understood. Is that? They don't what, understand that at all. What is today. that? I mean, men like Bob Larson and things. Remember back in oh, our I day? Remember, yeah, in the, the 90s, ministries, Pastor, yeah. talk, and he was big on Halloween. Yeah. And that's another topic we could talk about here in a little bit, real, real briefly. But again, just people being desensitized or in general. Yeah. Again, good messages. Like again, deliverance. Um, how to how to raise a dead. All these different things. Working the spirits. Working the gifts of the spirit. We don't talk. We don't. We don't hear those. Today, messages. well, in the old days, we talked about sin, sickness, and Satan. There, there you go. Then we talked about those three things. There you go. Today, we don't touch those things. Now we talk about mostly li- conscious living. You know, uh, being you know living living your best life. Right. Living, you know, in, in living above it all and yeah. being feeling good about it. Yeah. It's more definitely emotional. It's self-motivating messages. It's all self-motivating messages. And there's, I've always said there's nothing wrong with that because I believe that you got to have that too. Right. I believe it's good to encourage people. I believe that it's really good that people are motivated enough to believe that yeah. God loves them and we can live our best life. I agree. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you give the people and they don't understand what sin is, when they, it it's is. like, it, I know this is a terrible example, but listen, mm-hmm. if you step into dog poop, mm-hmm. you know, and all you do is try to brush it off on the grass, you still got remnants of it in caught it within the shoe, yeah. you know, of the, of the crevices of the shoe there, yeah. uh, you know, of your tread. No, if you don't really want that to spread anywhere, you got to take the shoe off and really okay. hose it down and clean it out. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is we've stepped in it so deep that that we get a point we're okay with living with it a little bit as long as it's not treading everywhere, yeah. or at least the tread. You know, as long as I don't notice it, it doesn't bother me. You said three things. You said sin, mm-hmm. sickness. What was the other sin, thing? sickness, and Satan? Satan. We we don't like to talk about those things anymore because those bother us. Yeah. And what has happened is is now the pastors used to affect the people. Now the people affect the pastors. And so what's happened is because the people have risen up and they're tired of being talked about their lukewarmness, well, they don't think they're lukewarm anymore. So here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. The pastor's had to change his message so he doesn't lose people. And offend them. them. So what's happened is he's allowed the people to affect him. Wow himself and so now he teaches on messages that are very lighthearted, very fluffy Mm -hmm. you know they're always very motivated and encouraging Mm -hmm. which like i said isn't really bad Mm -hmm. but what if the holy spirit says look there's sin in the church or there's we need to understand what these spiritual ramifications are because satan is dealing harshly with these people better yet these people are sick spiritually physically and emotionally why don't you deal with that we don't want to touch that no more so basically, conviction has eluded the church. Yeah, there's no more conviction as a result. None. Yeah. I mean, so we can think about some other words that are really impactful that was affecting the church 30 years ago. You saw it. I saw it. Yeah. That we're not seeing it now. You know, when I was growing up, you always had that group of people always said, man, the pastor, he preaches so hard. He preaches so hard. Okay. But if you go back through history, the preaching was even harder. And one thing I can honestly say, oh, if you was. go back through history, was, the over 70% of the people prior to World War I were either involved in church, 
or were dedicated to a church, yeah. but they believed in God and they wouldn't say anything against the church. Yeah. But 70% of the people in some way were connected with the church. After World War II, it was less than 60%. After the Vietnam War, it was less than 40%. After, after you, and you start seeing the decrease, but you also see the decrease in the sin, the sickness, and Satan messages. You also see the, the decrease in the Holy Spirit and the spiritual things too. So what happens is, is we start dumbing down the message because we don't want to offend people. But if you really look, it doesn't matter how hard they used to preach. The truth is people were convicted yes, they were. and they still didn't talk about the church and they stayed closer to God. What was it? Shambaugh. What was his name again? R.W. Shambaugh? R.W. Shambaugh. I watched an old one, Pastor. Yes. That he can preach the paint off the walls, yes. and that was the same back in the 80s, 70s, and 80s. It you know, was. preaching the, the paint off the wall. Yeah. Pastor, I listened to his message. Powerful. Yes. Powerful. And guess what it was about? Sin. Sin. Getting that devil out. You yeah. know, I mean, it was, it was all about the Holy Spirit getting a hold of your heart, and exactly. it was miracles and seeing the signs and wonders. Yeah. And, and to me, Pastor, it compels you to want to live righteously. Uh -huh. it, it's like it hits exactly where it needs to hit in your soul yep. and in your heart. And you know what? I do need to fix that. You know yep. what, Lord? I do need to correct that. Lord, let's get that fixed together right now. There's very few of us old preachers, so to call it, yeah. old style preachers. And knowing you, I don't really know if I'm an old style preacher mm -hmm. because we still preach on current information. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a. But we're not afraid to say truth, right. even if truth hurts. Exactly. But uh, what's happening is, is that we we've got a we've got a world that's so desensitized that to share those truths that they don't understand, they're naturally. It's kind of like sticking a needle in somebody or a pin. Mm -hmm. If you do, they're gonna say ouch. Right. Oh, saying ouch is okay. Right. Because it'll let you know that there's pain. Right. But you got to understand is why am I having to stick that needle? If you've got a splinter in there, even though it hurts for me to stick a needle in there to pull the splinter out, gotta out. it's going to hurt, but I got to get it out. It's the same way with these ugly things that are in our part of our lives. Mm -hmm. If, if we don't get it out, what happens is, is we get used to the pain. That's what's happened to, to, we've been desensitized. We've gotten used to the sin. We've gotten used to it being okay. So you, to me, you're saying a couple of things. One, sin, obviously, that has desensitized the church, but also the fear of man. Yeah. It sounds like the fear of man yeah. has desensitized, also desensitized the church in regards yeah. to the pastor and how he's altered yeah. his message. He's had to alter his message because he's actually become more afraid of the people than the people are afraid of him. Yeah, and it used to be the other way around. You're right. In saying that, we supposed to, the message was supposed to drive the people to the altar. Yeah. But now he's altering the message give the people away from the altar. That's a very good point. That's exactly right. Yeah, the altar was a place where we bend our knee on, and man. and ask for repentance. On, Today now, the altar is something different. It's it's the it's the altar of selfishness and we repel the altar on, of man. sacrifice. And you know what I don't see anymore? Yeah. Is people run to the altar? None. You don't see people cry anymore no, in services? No, no. When I was growing up, I'm telling you what, I didn't grow up in a church yes. where the minister was a fiery preacher. I didn't grow up in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up where he was like this amazing, just mm -hmm. melt your heart kind Come of pastor. But I will say people would still cry because even the things that he did say were so truthful. Yes. Anointed. They were anointed still. On, they man. weren't what you call powerful, powerful, yeah, yeah. but they were anointed enough that people knew, wow, I need to get my life right. And people would be at the altars crying. Yeah. Today, 
people don't even want to, they're embarrassed. And so ministers are like, well, if you want Jesus, just slip your hand up so nobody can see. Well, that's what we've done is we've helped the people desensitize themselves. It's the preacher's fault too. So they don't even know, when you say that, I got an ugly, vivid picture. People don't know the presence of God anymore. Right. Because of that. Right. I rarely tell people to slip their hand up for salvation. You're you're going to have to say it in front of people. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to come up to the altar, yeah. but right there where you sit, yeah. I don't care if people say, this should be a celebration according to scripture, yeah, yeah. but we treat it as if it's something to be ashamed of. Yeah. So keep your eyes closed, and if that's you, slip your hand up and we'll all pray for you. Wow. Well, then that says you're ashamed of your salvation. Wow. That means there's no celebration. That means it's not legit. Mm. I don't believe in that. I believe that if you're going to choose this day, you choose this day whom you're going to serve. Exactly. This means that all of heaven is going to rejoice. Yeah. To say heaven's rejoicing, yet you chose to accept your salvation with a bunch of eyes closed, right. says you don't really want the celebration. In a whisper? In a whisper? No, 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 no. That's the greatest decision that anybody That's can ever make. The made. greatest decision is better than marriage. Come on. Because this yes. is eternal. Yes. This is eternal. Marriage won't get you to heaven. No. And so I, I'm not a firm believer in that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because you're just telling people to shy away from the very thing that honestly Jesus paid a price for. Mm-hmm. And you're just basically saying, no, shut your eyes to it. It was not that big a deal what he yeah. did at the cross. Yeah, yeah. Neither should your salvation be. Right. Well, then guess what? You probably truly aren't saved because I, you're afraid to let people know it. I love it. I found this article. It's under BibleTools.org and talking about the, the church being desensitized. And he says... Uh, what, what does the Bible say about it? Matthew 24, 12. Let's, yep. go, let's go there real quick here. I want to read that verse. Matthew 24, 12. And mind you, it's I love that you can type in questions, Pastor, and then you can find what certain people believe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is the top one. This is number one right here. Yeah. So verse 12, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Yeah. You have the New King James, Pastor. What's your version say? How does it read there? And mine says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Yep. Isn't that what we're seeing in this mm-hmm. desensitized church? Yes. Jesus addressing the people here. Yes. Israel, who represents the church. Yep. And it's interesting because Matthew 24, even before you get there, one of the things that it says, watch what it says. It says, take heed that no one deceives you. Plain and simple. What verse was that, my pastor? That right there is verse... Four. Okay. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed. He's talking about this end time stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you jump to verse 12. Well, h- how is it that lawlessness is going to abound? Because there's going to be so much deception. So you warned. You were warned. Yes. And then all of a sudden we go to verse 12. We're not skipping verses here, but we're going to verse 12 for the sake here, the topic's sake. And deception is partly as a result of desensitizing. Ooh. Desensitizing comes through that. You know, I mean, if you're being deceived, it's being it's because you're being desensitized to something. Wow. You you lowered your guard. You lowered your guard. You there you go. Your, you've lowered your standard. There you go. And this is why lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow, grow cold. cold. So these go together. Wow. That is so good, man. Yeah. And that's what we're kind of, that's not kind of, this is exactly what we're seeing right now. Wow. Lawlessness is abounding. Literally. People are so desensitized to anything. It's really hard to get to them. I, mean, I feel like just walking around just, you know, just because I'm so excited about this. You got me thinking here. So that means a desensitized church is a weak church. Yes. 
It's a weak church. I mean, let's think about it. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of Halloween. I did study it years and years and years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember all of it, but I can tell you right now, it is a pagan holiday. Yeah, and we're approaching that holiday. And by we're the... approaching that holiday. Think about it. It's it's a pagan holiday that the, many churches celebrate. Now, many churches will come up with different reasons. But harvest, yet, harvest day. Harvest day. They'll call it by a different name. But in reality, it's a celebration of the dead. dead. And it's really, really, we're supposed to celebrate life. So it's the opposite of God right there alone. That, that should tell us something right there. That should tell us something. And it's interesting. But if you go listen to Satanists, one of the major holidays for them is Halloween. Why is that? Because they believe in death. Okay, so again, now if we go back into its history, we know that it was part of Druid worship and Druid practices or yes. pagan practices. Yes. So again, without going into great detail, here's what's interesting. Satanists love Halloween. Satanists love Halloween. And it's a known fact because I've listened to a Satanist one time and he was an occult leader. He flat said, he said that children, when they wear these masks and they wear these different clothings that, that, that mimic Maybe it's a superhero, maybe it's a demon or a ghoul yeah. or some sort of, yeah. you know, some sort of sinister monster of some sort. Mm -hmm. He said when they're dressed as that, we pray that that their that their that their uh that their mentality or their uh their little uh brain basically they become associated with that person wow. or that thing. Wow. So, you know, the again, it's a desensitization in the spirit. So, yeah. here's my point. If Satan knows how to utilize this holiday for himself, think about it. Would a Satanist walk into church and celebrate on Sundays? No, they no. stay away. But why do Christians walk into a Satanic holiday and celebrate him? That's good. Satanists don't come on Christmas to celebrate Christ. No, they don't. They don't walk into church and say, hey, let's celebrate Christ the risen Savior. Why do we walk into their holiday and celebrate what they celebrate then? Let's just drop the mic right there. That is good, man. Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we're doing the very thing that they wouldn't do, and yet we're saying it's okay. Don't tell me we're not desensitized. I was going to say that. that that's, we're walking into this holiday completely desensitized, and yeah. we're celebrating it. Yeah. We're celebrating what Satanists celebrate. I, got, I, got, I can tell you right now, I believe some hearers are really irritated by the fact that we said that. I, and guess what? I'm going to say it. I don't care. Okay. The biggest, biggest, the best thing that could ever happen is that there's a man or a woman of God that finally just stands for what's righteous. Yes. And if you don't like hearing what I say, don't just turn me off. Yeah. But I'm not going to stop. Right. I care about people's soul, mm -hmm. and I care about what they dedicate their spirits to and their yes. hearts to. Yes. And if somebody don't say it, right. they become desensitized right. to these truths that could save them. Come on. And so, you know. Uh, you know, look, we have, I, I, we were talking about somebody last night, me and my wife. It was about an individual that we see their life. Yeah. And we know that they've had a rough go of it in life. We know it. Sure. We're very compassionate towards how rough their life was. Yeah. We don't have, we don't lack compassion. But even as tough as their life is, we also know that they've had a many, much, much exposure mm -hmm. to the things of God through yeah. many people of God, mm -hmm. through church. Mm -hmm. They know min much of the truths. Yeah. So even though we have compassion for them, we also know that they know the truth. Yes. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. But because of their hurts in life, which we have compassion for, sure. they're still not choosing to serve God or at least go get the help because of 
because of the things that are available. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I was telling my wife. I said, you know, here's what's going to happen. They're basically going to stand before God. And they're going to give their excuse right off. And God's going to say, what did you do with my son? And you say, well, Lord, I was hurting. I got hurt when I was young. I was this and that. And the Lord's going to say, but I gave you this person. I right. gave you this church. I gave you this right. family. I gave you these people. I put a Bible in that's in your house, by the way. I gave you Christian TV. I gave you Christian radio. I gave you all kinds of opportunities all around in the world, but you didn't take advantage. Yeah. So you know what? To hell with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To hell with you. That's really what he's saying. He's putting them in hell. And the only option that God has is to say to hell with you. And I'm and I know that we use that in a in a in a in a flagrant slang way. But that's what God is basically saying. He's saying You've got to go to hell. I have no option. Yeah. Even though I gave you all these opportunities to get out of your problem, mm -hmm. you didn't take advantage of it. So those are not excuses. Wow. So to hell, you've got to go. Mm -hmm. You've got to go. Yeah. It's not my, not what I want, yeah. but that's what you wanted. Exactly. Because one thing we know for sure in heaven, there's no division. Right. There's no, there's no spirit of error, mm -hmm. rebellion, or anything of that nature. Either you serve God and want to love him or you don't. Right. That's why I say, God, look, people people choose hell. God sends them. We hear people say, well, God doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves. They they send send, themselves. No, they don't. Right. They choose hell. That I will agree with. They do choose it. But God, being the ultimate judge, has to send them. Yeah. Okay. Now you're saying that, going back to our topic, the church being desensitized, this is why it needs to be back empowered again. Mm -hmm. I love our motto, restoring power yes. to the house. Restoring power. We restore power. We also restore the power of that conviction. That's what exactly what it goes to. Yep. And so we, we need to get back to being... We, the only way to desensitize people, it's it's really hard to do. I'm not going to sit here and act like it because my Bible tells me that in these last days, it's only going to grow cold. They're going to grow cold. Their hearts are going to grow cold. We see it. Jesus, so we see Jesus it. said it. But we know that there's a few out there that need this truth and they've been waiting for it. There you go. Go ahead. And so, for those that hear this, you can get out of you can get out of this desensitization, des desensitization yes. by simply saying, "God, show me this truth." Exactly. Because God wants you to be free. Yeah. And truth sets us free. So all you got to say is, "Lord, I don't really know if I understand what Pastor Paul's saying. I don't really understand if I know what Matthew's uh, Pastor uh, Reverend Matthew's talking about, but I want it." I want it. So then God show me that truth. And God will do this. I love it. Because some people, they want to hear it because they, they don't know what they want yet. Yeah, that's it. They don't know what they need yet. They don't know. And they're hearing it for the first time right now or the second time or the third time or the 30th time. Or maybe they've just never thought about it. Exactly. Now they're thinking about it. Exactly. Because this is, this is relevant. Yeah. The church being desensitized has hurt families, Pastor. Yeah, it has. It's hurt this, it hurt, it's hurt this America. Yeah. It's hurt nations. It's hurt nations. And so this is why, as a, as a church, we've got to really begin to look at ourselves mm -hmm. and say, what is it that we're doing? Yeah. Or was it that we shouldn't be doing? I love it. Either way, I want to please God. Amen to that. And this is from this article. I'm going to read yeah. this first sentence yeah. really quick here. Today, we live in cultures that lure people into a spiritual stupor that gradually desensitizes people to true spiritual and moral values. Mm. So we're seeing moral values take a nosedive. Yeah. We talked about Christians who uh, believe in homosexuality and participate yeah. in homosexuality and call themselves Christians. And I know many of them. 
And, you know, again, it's, it's, it's going back to what you were talking about, that stupor. How do we get to that stupor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by going ahead and agreeing with something there it is. that we shouldn't have agreed with. Yeah. And then we, what we did is, uh, how can we say it? We desensitize ourselves because basically what we do is we, we become complicit with it. Yeah, yeah. In other words, uh, we were saying that it's, it's okay. Maybe it's not okay, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of give into it a little bit. The picture you give me when you're saying this, you give me is we become partners with it. Yeah. You know, there's the driver of, if there's a crime scene going on and there's a, the, the driver, what's he, what's he called? He's, he's an accomplice. Yeah. He's an accomplice. He's yeah. an accomplice. And to me, the driver didn't do the killing. The driver didn't do the murder. He didn't do the, 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 the robbing of the bank, but he's still an accomplice. Still an accomplice. You know, I think it's interesting because people, if they would, uh, if they'd understand that every decision you make, I, I think, in fact, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I heard a gentleman the other day. He's a very big-time, well-known conservative speaker. Yeah. Travels all around the world, minister, uh, or ministers, speaks in schools about conservatism and stuff. Yeah. And, and he basically puts a lot of these liberals to shame because he's so smart. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. He said something because it was a question asked. And he said, okay, for instance, the homosexual debate. Yeah. Okay, what if... They ever, what if it can be proven that the Y chromosome, you know, verifies, validates the fact that, you know, a person could be homosexual from the time they're born or whatever. And he says, well, if it can be genetically proven, I would definitely listen to that, that debate. And I just think, okay, I kind of get what he's saying. I get it on a natural level. In other words, I'm saying that I'm willing to listen. In other words, I get that. Open-minded. In other words, we're open-minded. We've got to be careful, though, about being open-minded as a Christian, though. God's word holds true. And I don't care what your argument is. I don't care if your argument is so good that it's even scientific. I'll tell you why. If you look scientifically, it looks like in some cases that there's a possibility that maybe evolution is a legit thing. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the so-called science. Yeah, open-mindedness to it. Open-mindedness to it. But in reality, there's also a flip side to that coin. There's also a lot of science that invalidates this whole idea of evolution. So here's my point. Even if evolution was legit, Mm -hmm. you're not going to convince me that God didn't create the first six days. Yeah. Because it says so in scripture. There it is. You understand what I'm saying? At some point, the word of God has got to be true in our hearts by faith. And it doesn't matter what anybody says. I don't care what anybody else says because I trust him before I trust them. You're right. Now, at a church, we're going through undercover. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first lesson talks about God doesn't work through a democracy. He works through a kingdom. Yeah, he works through a kingdom. He works through through a theocracy. Theocracy. In other words, it's God-mandated. Exactly. So there's no... Democracy is about equality. Yeah. We get to vote things in and vote things out. Yes. With God and his law and his precepts, there's no voting pastor. Because not everything's equal. We've got to get this out of our head that everything is equal. (laughs) Exactly. You know, again, some of the sins that we could sit and go through in our world, they're equal. Yeah. In in God's realm, it's not equal. For instance, there's going to be a lot of people who won't make it into heaven that in planet Earth, it's okay for you to do. Right. 
It's okay for you. You're not going to go to jail for it. Right. But you you can't be a drunkard and make it into heaven. Right. But in the earth, it's normal. Right. It's okay to be a drunkard. If you had fun one night at a party and get drunk, hey, yeah. that's cool. But not in the kingdom. Exactly. So not all things are equal. Or here's another scenario. I'm thinking about pastor. A, a wealthy man just gives away his money. He's really good about you know, distributing to the poor, everything else, but has hated God in his heart. Yeah. Doesn't um, matter how good a person he is. Exactly. On equality, this guy should enter in based on his works. Based on the works. That's it. In the world, he's a good person. In the kingdom, he's it means God. absolutely nothing. Nothing to God. It means nothing to him. God has given more. Yeah. than this rich man ever could, Pastor, through Heaven. his son and through his creation. Yep. I, I read, Pastor, that God in his commands, even through his commands, Pastor, he yeah. says he was merciful. Even yeah. through his commands, yeah. he was merciful. Yeah. When he looked at us and he gave us his commands, he's still thinking mercy. Yeah. How, how wonderful is that? Yeah. I, I don't understand. People just don't look at God as being very big. They See, they're even desensitized to that. They think That's God more on their human level than they do on on a, a universal a universe level. God's bigger than the universe. Come on, Pastor. And yet He's small enough to have a relationship with me. Come on. And so we're so desensitized to the amazing power and glory, the and the of size, God. and the sovereignty, the sovereignty is all knowing. That we've just overlooked a boatload of things that, you know what, we're going to have to stand before God and answer for that. Wow. And to me, Pastor, again, some of these weak messages mm -hmm. have really fed into that. Yeah. We don't paint picture. We don't paint God as a big God. We paint him always as loving. Wow. Basically, when wow. you start preaching nothing about but the love of God, nothing but the love of God, then what you are preaching is a God that you can manage that's your size because that's all you see him as is just loving. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, Paul didn't say that. I don't preach God just more, but I preach him also crucified. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I preach the power of God into salvation. salvation. Paul just didn't preach love. He's just saying that if you didn't say it in love, mm -hmm. then it's nothing but a clinging symbol. Exactly. It means nothing. But so love is a is the precursor. But here's where the real power of God exists. Mm -hmm. It exists in His Word. Yeah. It exists in Come His on. presence. On, it exists in a relationship with Come Him. On. No, we just love to hang on love, yes. love, love, love. God's basically a hippie in our minds. Yes, we've desensitized ourselves so much that He's just another hippie. Yes, a long-haired, blonde-haired, blue-eyed hippie that we see in European pictures. And He's not. And he's nothing he like that at all. Nothing. He's nothing, nothing like that. Again, going back, referring back to the undercover, like what John Bevere says, he goes, where there's presence, there's authority. Yes. Where God's presence is, there's authority. Well, they, they don't yes. separate. They don't separate. They don't. In, in fact, when they're, wherever there's presence, there's power. Yes. And this is why the church is so desensitized. Yes. We don't see churches full of power anymore. We don't see the preachers getting up there and preaching with great conviction. We don't see miracles. We don't hear the prophetic words. We don't see people speaking in tongues anymore. We don't see the church walking out, energized and infused to go witness. Because remember, it was the early church. When they went out filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened? The church also began to grow daily. Yes. Why did it grow daily? Yeah. Because the power of God was now infused upon them. Right. And it was encouraged for them to go preach that gospel. Mm. They were the evangelists of the wow. day. And we don't see that no more. That's power. People live to the, they literally go to church to hear a word for themselves, mm -hmm. to encourage them just to get them through the week. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you are desensitized if you think that's why you're supposed to go to church. 
Pastor, that's not the purpose of church. Pastor, this topic can go on yeah. for many, many sessions. Yes. Many, many sessions. Yeah. How can we correct this? It's first always starts at the top. It's got to start with a relationship between the preacher and the preacher and the great shepherd. The preacher is the pastor. The pastor, the all the five, the, was, the fivefold you, ministry. I was getting gifts. ready to say that. The right apostle, now. the prophet, the pastor, and teacher. If you're of any of those, most likely the apostle and the prophet. If they, if they're really apostles and prophets, they're getting it. If they're true apostles and prophets, but not necessarily the teacher, not necessarily the pastor, and not necessarily the evangelist. Some of them just can have good words. But the other two, most likely, if they're really those, they, 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 but the other three can kind of get away with it a little bit. But nonetheless, all five of them, they've got to get into the presence of God and experience his power and his presence. Yeah. Get a hold of that authority again and start preaching with it. Then number two, the people are going to have to start accepting that truth that will set them free so they can get back out there in the presence of the Holy Spirit, walk in the Holy Spirit, and live in the Holy Spirit like the Word of God tells us. And then from there, we gotta live. They've gotta live in that in their personal lives. But then they got to share that with others also. I love it. This is a good. These are good steps, by the way. And as they do, it'll start affecting their communities again. And then people will start getting saved. And then it becomes that snowball effect. It becomes that cycle that it just happens over and over and over and over. The reason why it doesn't happen anymore and churches are shrinking is because it starts at the top with the pastors. Mm -hmm. Then it goes to the congregation. Then it goes to the people that they're ministering to that are going to get saved, but they won't because nobody's telling them. Wow. Nobody's praying for their neighborhoods. I pray for them in my neighborhood. Yeah. I pray for my church. I pray, but no. it's amazing how many people don't. Wow. We used to pray for our churches when I was growing up. Yeah. We used to get together in huddles and pray for them. And then we would say, well, that's just cliche. Those are just little cliques. Those are just, those are just religious. Well, yeah, but it worked. Pastor, I used to go to church, uh -huh. little. Before church started, mamas, women were praying at the altar, weeping, pastor. Yeah. Intercessor, intercessory prayers, pastor, before church. And you know why those stopped? Because people started calling them clicks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but those little powerful women were praying for you. Pastor, they did. Applying the words like the blood of Jesus that you yeah. don't hear very often. You don't hear that stuff anymore. Blood of Jesus. And we got desensitized. So those little groups disappeared. Those old women died and nobody took yeah. over. A lot of them died, Pastor. Yeah. Because the newer generation said they were just a bunch of cliques and religious. Or weird. Or weird. And it's unfortunate. Instead of taking up their taking up their that shields mantle. and their swords and that mantle, mm -hmm. they they stopped doing it. And now we got young people that don't know pray at all. And this is why the church is so ineffective. It's very ineffective. It's it's hard to win a convert. It's hard to win. It takes it. It takes a. It takes a hundred thousand dollars to win one person. In in one thousand churches to win one person to Christ. That's dry ground. Over a year, that's and it takes them one year. No way. That, that's pretty dry. That's very dry. It takes thousand churches, a hundred thousand dollars, and in one year to yeah. do it. And, and then you look at the book of Acts, chapter two. It just took one moment. Yeah, one moment. The, the Holy Spirit. That day they won over eight thousand. It says 3,000 were added, but there were also the 5,000 5, that also got ministered that day by Peter. Yeah. There were over 8,000 people that got ministered to. It didn't include the families. Man. It just mentions 3,000 men. So when the Holy Spirit is involved, watch out. Watch out. It spreads like wildfire. I love it. And that's the way it should be. Because the church is going out in power. Again, exactly. I was getting ready to say that. And that's the motto of the church. Our yeah. church, power, our church, restoring yeah. power to, to the, the house. house. We got to get it restored.
And it starts with this, uh, uh, pouring that into people. Yep. And it starts from the top down as far as authority. Yes. Starts from the top down. Yes. And then once it's, once it gets going, it's got to be flipped because now the pastor's got to carry the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he trickles that word, powerful word down, yeah. but then he carries them on his shoulders yeah. as a shepherd. And that's a beautiful, and that's a beautiful picture. Yeah. And that carry is just a comfort to them. Mm -hmm. And so, but the church has got to do the same. I love it. I love what you're saying here for the fivefold ministry. Preaching starts with the preaching. Then it starts with people receiving. And it starts, the thirdly is uh, people who received it. Tell others. That's it. Tell others. Wow. So conviction starts from the top. This is the way it should be. Conviction starts from the top with the preacher. Comfort starts from the bottom with the preacher. So he's convicting them as much as he's comforting them. Wow. And it's and they're both it's it, powerful. And that's the real picture of Christ when you think about it. Yes. That's the ultimate picture of our Christ, our Savior. It really is. If you look at what Jesus and Paul did, those are probably the two best examples. Paul was a comforter. He's always encouraging somebody in need. Yeah. But then when there was a problem, he'd oh, convict you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who bring the word? He'd bring the word. But when he was comforting, he was carrying them. He's saying, I've got you in my prayers. But when he was convicting them, he's saying, I'm praying for you. I love it. Because I'm praying against what's going on. Wow. And so we see that the comfort and the conviction are extremely important. Wow, my pastor. In conclusion, this podcast, Pastor, how do you want to close this? How do you see for, for see closing this? Church, get back to prayer and start asking for the power of God in your life. I guarantee if you'll ask for the power of God, I, I guarantee you, you will not be desensitized. You will not be easily deceived by the silly messages. And I'm not saying they're all bad, but you don't need to hear comfort, comfort, comfort. You also need to be corrected, corrected, corrected mm-hmm. too. You know, in other words, you need to grow. That's why Paul said... He even told us, you know, look at yourself also. Right. You know, look, if there's anybody that needs correction, look at yourself. Yes. Because, And that's why even Jesus said it. He says, don't look at the pull the bore, uh, the splinter out of somebody's eye when you've got a board in your own. Exactly. He says, but pull the board out of yours and then you'll see clearly what's in theirs. Yes. The speck that's the in there. The speck there. that's in theirs. So he's saying, usually we got to deal with ourselves. Yes. Paul says it. Jesus says it. This is why the Bible was written. It was to inspect ourselves. James said it's a mirror, Pastor. It's a mirror. James said it was a mirror. And then Paul Paul even says, you know, that, that look, it, it, it's like James said, it's like looking in that mirror. But then then, then Paul says that, you know, uh, how can he say it? Or, or was it John that said it? Basically, that look, basically, the reason why house, the, the judgment starts in the house of God. Yeah is because of the fact that the house of God is where the problem exists. It's not the world. Right. We need to look at ourselves. Because we represent Christ. Yes. We represent Him. In fact, the Apostle Paul says we're ambassadors. Yeah. We're ambassadors of this gospel. That's right. So the judgment starts with us. The conviction starts with us. The correction starts with us. And I'm not saying beat yourself up. I, I don't really want that to that's be That's not conviction. That's not the no, real that's, co- that's called guilt. Right condemnation. Guilt. Yeah. And that's condemnation. But I'm talking about checking yourself, saying, God, is my heart clean? And if there is anything in it that needs to be fixed or clean, please, yeah. one, I repent. But number two, show me how to fix it. I was going to say that. Because, again, you mentioned the, the, the holiday Halloween and other things that we've been desensitized by. Yeah. By, by doing. Yes. Incorporating. And accepting, and I love what you said. When we when we accept those things, we become partner with those things. Yes. And I love what you're saying. So, audience, stop partnering with the things of the world. And if you don't know what that is, research it. 
research Halloween. Research yeah. the things that you feel like, well, I'm not sure about this. You're kind of iffy about that. Do the research on those things. Study yeah, those things. Them. If it doesn't originate from the Word of God, don't do it. That's pretty simple. And what that'll do is it'll keep conviction in there. And anytime you yes. feel that conviction rise up, don't question it and then and then kind of give in to something else that's opposite of what you're being convicted of. Follow your conviction. And then what it'll do is it'll protect you and you'll start walking in greater power. The reason I'm able to walk at a level that I do isn't because I'm more spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm walking in the Spirit. So that means when the Lord's able to speak to me and say, Paul, don't go watch that. I don't want you to watch that movie. Right. Okay, Lord, why? Sometimes I don't even ask why. I just trust that the Lord says, put it on my heart. If he says don't, or if he says don't play that, or yeah. or don't talk that way, or don't, son, don't be thinking about those people the way you're thinking. Okay, it may not be nothing real, real bad, but the Lord's convicting me. And you know what? That allows the Holy Spirit to stay close to me, and I walk in greater power. And guess what? I don't allow the Holy the devil to be able to desensitize me or the world. I love him, Pastor. You know, I heard this the other day. You're walking in obedience creates a righteousness. Yeah, it does. And when you're saying that, my pastor, you're just like, you're just obedient. That's all it is, is being obedient. Yes. No more de- being desensitized, dumbing down my faith. I want to live it at my fullest, and I have a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. But I'm not working backwards. I'm working forwards. And a lot of people today, they're okay with taking two or, ste- two or three steps backwards after they were on fire for God at one time. You're not. Now they're not. Yeah. And I'm like, why? You should take that fire and keep going forward with it. Yes, come on. I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forwards. I want to be Amen. better tomorrow than what I was even today. Amen. Well, listener, there you have it. Honestly, if this has convicted you in any way, listen to the conviction like mm-hmm. Pastor Paul said. I love what he said. He said it very firmly. Go pray. Go pray. Go pray. Go see the face of God. What was that scripture? It says, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be and added. And then all these things will be added unto you. I'm telling you right now, if you need answers, seek God. Amen. He'll give them to you. Listener, we love you. God bless you. We'll see you the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can find us at fellowship.fm and Spotify. If you would like more information, prayer, or want to contact us, go to powerhousechurch.us.